if our eyes are only focused on what's happening around us in our world, it can be downright depressing. We can become discouraged to the point of feeling hopeless. Romans 8.22 tells us that the whole creation groans as it awaits a day of liberation from the curse of sin. We groan as gunmen open fire on innocent crowds in a grocery store or at a holiday celebration. We groan as war breaks out, taking hundreds of lives while threatening to bring famine on already poverty-stricken parts of our world. We groan as our children and grandchildren are forced to grow up in a world where biblical moral values are being undermined by our culture. We groan as even respected Christian leaders fail morally and ethically. The end of the Lord's Prayer reminds us that this life isn't all there is, isn't most of what there is, and certainly isn't the best of what there is. With a sense of hope, we await the day when the Father's kingdom, power, and glory will be absolutely realized. With a sense of hope, we await the day when our Lord will return and ultimately set all things in order and make all things right. With a sense of hope, we await the eternal reign of the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. While it's certainly appropriate that we intercede in prayer for the brokenness in our world, it is also appropriate that we celebrate in prayer the one who is coming to establish his sovereign rule, to exercise his almighty power, and to display his exceeding glory. For yours, O Lord, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What a privilege it is to be a part of the body of Christ, but more specifically, to be a part of this community. Um, I love being your guys' pastor. <laughs> it is, uh, it's awesome to see how you respond to the speaking of the Lord, right? The, the, the voice of the Lord in your life. And uh, I just thank you for that. And the example that uh, so many of you are to what it looks like to, to live our life in total surrender to his will, to follow him wherever he leads. Um, this is a great community. It's, uh, it's a privilege really is to be a part of. So this prayer that we've been working through, uh, it's uh, better known as the Lord's Prayer, right? And uh, we're at our final Sunday of 40 days of prayer. And so we come to the end of our working through uh, the, the Lord's Prayer. And it's, uh, I have really enjoyed this as well. Uh, I have preached before on the Lord's Prayer, but you know, I love how every time I come back to a passage, it seems like God brings kind of some, a new angle to come at it or new perspectives to kind of add to to it, and so it's. I've really enjoyed preaching through it again this uh, this year, and uh, it's been fun to do. But uh, as we kind of now uh, end the four, this forty days of prayer, but end our look at the Lord's Prayer, I feel like this morning what I want to do, similar to what Laura has just done, is to kind of review the prayer, but to review it uh, again in a, in a in a perspective of hope. Uh, you know, prayer in essence is a, an expression of hope right? I mean, you, you don't pray to, to God unless there's some expectation that he's going to do something, right? I mean, that's kind of the idea that we, we come to God in prayer, and, and by doing that, we're saying a, a number of things. First of all, we're saying that we can't do it. Second, that we need him. Third, that we think that he can help, right? And fourth, that, you know, because of that, we're going to place our hope in him, and so by coming to God in prayer, it's, uh, it's an expression 
that we are putting our hope in Jesus. But the question has to be asked, what are we hoping for? And I think this is part of what Jesus does here by giving us this Lord's Prayer, right? By giving us this, uh, this sample prayer, if you will. He highlights the things that we should be hoping for in God. It starts with a hope for his presence. John 14, 18 to 20 reads as follows, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, Jesus says, yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. At the beginning of this prayer, it starts with my father who art in heaven, the presence of God. That we, when we would come to to prayer, that we would recognize that that's our hope. I find this actually to be quite challenging. If you're like me, most of the time I come to prayer because I need things from him. Most of the time I come to prayer because I've got a list that I need to kind of lay out for him. Most of the time I come to prayer because I've got some things that I need to say. Perhaps you're like me. Is, the, is, is prayer for you just your opportunity to vent to the Lord? Is prayer for you just your opportunity to lay out your list of, of wants and desires? Is prayer for you the time for you to come and to, to declare to God what he needs to do? <laughs> so often we come to God looking for his hands looking for him to work, looking for him to do things. And it's not that that is wrong, because later on we're going to see, he tells us, right? He's our provider, right? We'll get there. But, but we must come to prayer first and foremost, just for his presence, to become aware that he's with us. I'm so struck by, by Moses in the Old Testament a couple of different times. First, when God calls him out of the, you know, with the burning bush, but then later when he's on, Mount, on the Mount Sinai, right? Got, got the Ten Commandments and all that kind of stuff, and God says, all right, you guys, you're going to need to go. And Moses is like, wait, 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 wait. I'm not going anywhere unless I know that you go with me. And notice the amazing thing. It's like, it's not, it's not Moses saying, okay, God, I ain't going anywhere unless... You make this people like make them really nice, make them treat me really good, make sure they give me the right pay, you know, so that I'm, you know, this, uh, that, that we never have any troubles, that we never have to face any war or fights or anything, that we have, no, no, no. What is Moses' concern? God, I want you with me and I need to know that you're with me. May our prayers be motivated most of all by just a simple desire to be with God. John 15, 18 and 19. I love how Jesus says this. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And this is right after the passage where Jesus is saying, remain in me, right? Be with me. And you will be fruitful. 
So often we come to prayer with, no, I don't want to be attacked. I don't, I don't want to have to deal with the world. I, don't, I want my life to be easy. We come looking for his hands instead of just for his presence. Next we see in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we, second thing that we put our hope in is in his will being done. Again, this is a challenge for us. <laughs> I mean, if, if God could just see it through my eyes, like, I mean, really, right? You know, if he could just understand it the way I see I mean, does he really get it? I mean, really. I mean, I know what needs to happen here, right? I, I know what is the best solution, right? This is, we come to God with this all the time, the arrogance, right, that, that we come with, like somehow God doesn't know, right? You know, if he just really understood, then he would do it my way. He would answer my prayers exactly as I ask it because this is exactly what needs to happen. But no, we come in prayer hoping that his will would be done. Wow. And I think understanding that his will being done is the best thing is really what we need. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that year, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. And, and, then, and then it qualifies this will of God. And the will of God is what? It is good, acceptable. I like the NIV, which says pleasing, and it's perfect. If we really understand the will of God is good, pleasing, and perfect, we should never be disturbing him with just our will. We want his will to be done. Our hope is that his will will be done because he is the one who is good. He is the one who has a pleasing will, which means that it's not just good for the best. Not for, you know, uh, sometimes we see God as like, you know, it, uh, um, oh, what's the term I want? Um, uh, what, is, what is best for the most people? You know, that we kind of look at that like, you know, God, okay, I, I, my life, I got to suffer and I get horrible because that's what's best for the, you know, the whole. No, 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 no. God has a best plan for all of us. Every one of us has the best in, that he has the best for. And so we come to him desiring his will to be done, knowing that his will is exactly what's best for us. It's perfect. And it's going to be pleasing. We're going to enjoy it. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be like, yeah, this is awesome, Will. Like, man, I'm glad you didn't do what I pray. How many of us have done that later in life, right? Thank you, Lord, you didn't give me that prayer. That you know, Oh, my gosh, thank you. Right, right? Oh my gosh. His will is always best. And that leads us to the next aspect of hope. Give us this day our daily bread. We hope in his provision. (laughs) We hope in his provision. Not that I get everything I want but that I get everything that he has for me. And this is a stretch in in a couple of ways. One, we tend to kind of have our things that we want and we're not satisfied unless he gives us what we want. But, so we we need to surrender that. But also on the other side, some of us, 
Uh, I think it's Piper who said, uh, we fail uh, because we don't desire enough. We don't worship, we don't want enough, we don't want, we, we want too little. <laughs> if, we, if we wanted just a little bit more, if, we're, if, if our desire for pleasure was greater, then we would get all that God has for us. But too often we settle. So we, first of all, have to let go of our own want, how we perceive it. Again, going back to will, right? Not our will, but his. But then also we need to ask for all that he has for us. To not just settle for scraps, but recognize that he's got more for us. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 on the screen. Ephesians 3. Sure, yes, that's the one I want. Yep. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 Next, the uh, passage goes in, the prayer goes into uh, forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors challenging verse. We've already worked through it before, but here our hope is in forgiveness, but not just our forgiveness. Hope is in forgiveness of the world. Forgiveness for every person. I love John 13 or John 3, 16 and 17. We all know 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then he goes on, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He wasn't looking to destroy us, but in order that the world might be saved through him, that the world might be forgiven. When we receive forgiveness and we need it, then we recognize that forgiveness is not just for us. Our hope certainly is to be forgiven personally, but our hope lies in everyone being forgiven. Mercy for our mistakes, certainly. Mercy for our failings, mercy for our stumblings and for our sin, but not just for ours, but also for our enemies, our abusers, those who have attacked us. Do we recognize that? Is that where our hope is? His forgiveness is meant to extend for all. And so we hope for that kind of forgiveness. Next, we get to Matthew 6.13 in the Lord's Prayer where it says, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so here we hope in his deliverance. Now being, by, by placing our hope in his deliverance, understand that it doesn't mean that we're hoping that God will isolate us from evil, but that he'll deliver us from evil. A lot of times we come to God and we're like, take this evil, get it out of it, get away from me, right? Uh, many Christians in the past have sought to isolate themselves by you know, going to some convent or something, or get away so that they can you know, get the world away from them so that they can be in their little you know, cubbies and, and, and warm, happy places, right? With love and just goodness and never have to see evil. No, no, God, we are not 
praying and asking God to deliver us from evil or to get us isolated from evil, but that when evil comes, when evil's all around us, when evil's in us, that he will deliver us from that. He will save us. This is the amazing thing, I think, about salvation, is that God doesn't need us to be righteous in order for him to save us. Not before we're saved, before we pray the prayer, but even after. That when we are sinners, that he will deliver us from evil. John 17, 15 to 19, Jesus prays this prayer about those who are going to hear the message from the disciples. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. This is why we go to countries like Uganda. We step into dangerous places. We step boldly into evil realms. Why? Because we want them to be delivered from evil just like we have been. We want, to, we want to see that reality, and we're not afraid because we know, and our hope is in the fact that God will save us. I think sometimes we can get hung up on sin as well. And our, our prayers can be, our, our hope in prayer can be that God would get, deliver us from this particular sin. Someday we will get delivered from that sin, praise the Lord. But it may not be today. And so the question is, is your hope that he delivers you from that sin, that you won't have evil around you or in you or anything, or your hope that he can save you out of it, even if sin is still there? That's our hope. Because we're all sinners. We all continue to struggle with sin our whole life. It's not that we don't necessarily ask that he would deliver us from that sin and that we wouldn't have to struggle, but to understand that our hope is not there. If we still continue to struggle, he is still Lord, he is still God, and he will deliver us from that sin. We will get to spend an eternity because of his grace, because of his goodness, because of his perfect will. His deliverance is sure. So the question has to be asked, why do we hope in God? <laughs> Maybe it's obvious to those who've been around for a while. Maybe you're new. Either way, it's good to remind us why we put our hope in God. And the doxology of this prayer gives us that reason. Just to make a quick point on this. I, I wrote a, actually a, uh, in What's Brewing article on Friday. Maybe some of you read it. If you didn't, I encourage you to go check it out. If you don't have that, you can find it on tacreading.info under our um, What's Brewing uh, page. But um, this doxology is actually not in most of our Bibles. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's, that's not in most of our translations of scripture. 
So I kind of explained why that is in that article, so I encourage you to go there. But I, I want to, so the question is, okay, so why are we preaching on it? Well, we're preaching on it because it's, also, it's, it's not that it's unbiblical. Even though that phrase is not in Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't speak that phrase in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. We actually read the phrase, in some sense, in Chronicles this morning. When we did our reading, if, if you caught, there was very, almost exactly the same verbiage, you know, that God's power, God's glory, God's you know, kingdom, all these kind of things were in there. And so this is a biblical concept, but it's just not in this particular passage. So again, I encourage you, if you have any questions about that, you can talk to me after the service, and we're not going to get into translations and all that here. I did dabble with it in what's brewing. So back to the point, his kingdom his power, his glory. Why do we put our hope in God? Because it is his kingdom. He is creator. He is the one who made all of this. He's the one who made each of us. He is the one that this is his kingdom. And he is, uh, he is going to reign fully and completely and is reigning fully and completely. 1 Corinthians 15, 27 to 28. For God has put all things in subjection under Jesus' feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is expecting who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him that God may be all in all. It is his kingdom. He is sovereign. He is Lord. And so if we're going to put ourselves, our hope in something, let's put our hope in the thing that is above all other names. Amen. All right? Among, uh, the, the person who is above all. It's his kingdom and he has all authority. But also he's the all-powerful one. He has the ability to do whatever he wants. His will will always be done because he has the power to do his will. Psalm 147.5. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. He has all the power that he needs to do what he needs to do. And so we come to him. We hope in him because he has the power to help us. And finally... Because he is the one and the only one deserving of all the glory. Because it's his kingdom, because he's all-powerful, but also because of his amazing sacrifice, sacrifice on our behalf, he deserves all the glory. Philippians 2, 9 to 11, familiar passage, I'm sure to many. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. He is the one who is deserving of all the glory. We come to him and place our hope in him because the reality is if we don't bow our knee uh, 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 with our own will, our knee will be bowed for us at the end in judgment. And so we choose today to bow our knee and our, our will to bow our knee to him because he is all powerful. He is all authority, but he has, he has opened the doorway. He's died on the cross for us and opened the doorway for us to have an eternity with him, to be saved by him, to enjoy 
intimate relationship with him for all time. Of course, these concepts and this perspective easily transitions into communion. Jesus is the only one certainly deserving of glory. And why? Because of what he did. He willingly left the Father's side to come, to live among us, to endure amazing and unbelievable suffering, to give his life, to die on a cross, the shame of dying on the cross. He took it all. But praise the Lord. He didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. And that resurrection is why we have hope. Hope that we, that we can have the presence of God with us. Hope that he has good plans for us and that his will will be done in our life. Hope that he will bless us abundantly. Hope that he indeed will forgive us and hope that he will deliver us from evil and save us from our own sin and other people's sins for all eternity, again, for his glory. So let's celebrate him. Let's give him the glory. Let's praise his name this morning. Let's, be, let's put our hope in him again. Let's remind ourselves of why we can put our hope in him again. Let's partake in this table, this meal of celebration. Certainly filled with sorrow in the sense that our Savior died and he had to die for our sin, but it's also filled with joy. Because he didn't stay dead again. He rose from the dead and we now have hope that when we die, he will resurrect us as well. And this hope is a sure hope. It's not just kind of subtle like oh, wishful thinking. No, this is a sure hope because scripture over and over again has proven the faithfulness of God in people's lives. And he continues to prove that faithfulness every day all around us and even in our own life. And so we have sure hope that when that day comes and we transition from this life to the next, that he will be there to lift us out of the grave, welcome us into his home, and spend all eternity with him. Worship team, will you come forward? And church, let's take communion together, and we will invite you to come forward again to receive the elements. Please come from the outside aisles, and then you can return to your seats in the middle aisle. And then you can partake whenever you feel ready to do so. But allow this to be a time of worship and of renewed hope in what he's done and that he loves you and that he's with you. Enjoy his presence. Enjoy his will. Enjoy his blessing. Enjoy his forgiveness. Enjoy his deliverance today as we partake. All right, church, come forward to receive elements. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing goodness. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that we can place our hope in you and that that hope is sure. That you are a God who is faithful. 
The Lord, when we, uh, when we, especially when we pray within your will, when we pray your will be done, Lord, that's guaranteed. Your will is going to be done in our life. So we just ask that you would have your way in us, that you would, you would uh, provide for us. Lord, you'd bless our socks off. Lord, help us to, to, to think more of you and to want more from you. But also, Lord, help us to just be so happy to have you with us recognize that our life here is going to continue to be struggle but you are with us and that's what we want and that's what we need to know that's what we need to be aware of lord help us to be more aware more aware of your presence with you so your voice speaking to us your encouragement your your comfort the work that you're doing in our life and others so awesome to hear stories like uh, the Christian family and what you're doing in them. Lord, do that in us as well. And maybe you are, you probably are. Help us to be aware of what you're doing in us. Change us, call us, use us, bless us, empower us, and deliver us, Lord. Deliver us from the evil of this world. Help us to not have fear of Satan, of the demonic, of evil people. Help us to have courage to stand in it, not expecting you, at least at this time, to remove all that evil from our life, but Lord, that you have the power to deliver us from it, that we can step in and trust and know that we are saved. First Peter chapter 1, 3 and following. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And it's kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining to the outcome of our faith the salvation of our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Church, if you need prayer this morning, please come forward. Maybe the last few weeks you've not come forward for whatever reason, but the Spirit keeps pushing you. Come today. Come forward for whatever else you need the Lord for. If you want us to pray for you, we would love to pray for you. Church, have a great Sunday.